So I want you to look with me to Revelation 21.5. Revelation 21.5. It says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The first sentence in that verse is in the present tense, which means it could be read this way. I am making all things new. I'm telling you right now in this house, restoration and renewal has already begun. In your life, in your family, in your finances, in your health, our enemy does not have the last word. When Jesus vacated that grave, he gave you and me a new beginning, a fresh start, a do-over. He is making all things new. And this was so stunning to John in Revelation that it's, it's as if the Lord had to say, Hey, buddy, write down what I just told you. It's kind of like his, he, he was, his mouth was a gate. He was standing there, you know, just like, I am making all things new. He said, hey, write it. Write what I just told you. Write it down. It was stunning. I'd like to read one last scripture, Acts 2.17. Acts 2.17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I want to say something right here. God has the last word in the last days. That I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters. Everybody say, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on this Resurrection Sunday 2018, I'd like to preach a message entitled, The New Normal. Say that with me, The New Normal. I'm telling you, God's fixing to drop a thermonuclear grace bomb on somebody today. And the devil's stronghold where he's been telling you for years, you'll never change You'll never live for God. That stronghold is about to be demolished because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. Can you give him a hand of praise right now? Hallelujah. Father, I pray that you'd bless this word in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Paul made it clear that the gospel, the good news is the fact that Jesus suffered, died, and rose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. Unlike all the generations before 33 A.D., we have a Savior who's done all the work. He said, it is finished. He's already paid the price to give you a new normal. And because of what He's done, there's a throne of grace and we have every right to expect His help in the time of need because of all that He has already done. We are living in a new normal where mountains move, sins are forgiven, sicknesses are healed, demons tremble, all things are possible. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. We can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Through the death, burial, and resurrection, He has given us life and life more abundantly. This is the new normal. Say the new normal. John 10.10 10 says, The thief came to steal, 
kill, and destroy. That's the old normal. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. That's the new normal. Life in John 10.10, when he said, I came to give you life, life is salvation. He came to save us. But life more abundantly is a life that is filled with purpose and meaning. Jesus didn't just come to save you and get you to heaven, although that's vital. He also came to save you and give you a life filled with purpose and meaning. The old normal is a life that has no purpose, no meaning. It's meaningless. It's empty. It's directionless. No passion, no calling. But the new normal is a life that is filled with purpose and meaning and significance. I want you to hear me today. If the devil has stolen from you that life, Jesus has come to restore. And Jesus knows how to give back more than you ever lost. If the devil has killed that spark of life in you, that sensitivity to the moving of the Spirit, and you've begun to think there's no way you'll ever get back to the Lord, you just feel dead on the inside. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus can raise the dead. And if the devil's destroyed your hopes and dreams, your vision and vitality for the things of God, Jesus has come to restore and renew and set you on fire for God and give you a life filled with purpose and meaning. I'm telling you, no matter how far you've gone, his grace is going further still, and he has come to give you a new normal. And while I'm at it, let me tell you parents something. If you'll let God give you a new normal, your kids will never struggle with the old normal that you struggled with. They'll live their lives in the flow of God's spirit and life in the new normal. In our reading from the book of Acts, I love this. This blows me away. These were the very people that were hearing those words, these were the very people who had crucified Jesus. I mean, and you think you've been bad, right? They're the very ones that yelled out, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and our children. They were hard-hearted. They were rebellious against God. That was their old normal. But because of the goodness, everybody say the goodness, I used to think God was mean and God was mad and God was bad. I'm going to tell you something. I found out that's a lie from the devil. I serve a good God who's on my side. And if he's on your side, who can be against you? Because of the goodness and mercy of God, they were born again of water and spirit and got a new normal. And if that were not enough, they were also promised... That your kids, the kids of the generation that killed Jesus, he said, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy and dream dreams. I love that, man. You lived in the pathetic, but your babies are going to live in the prophetic. Come on now. Some of you lived in some pretty awful places, but if you'll let the mercy and goodness of God get a hold of you, your babies won't have to deal with the same junk that you dealt with. They won't be in the pathetic. They'll be over here in the prophetic with meaning and purpose in their lives. 
Wednesday night, as Valerie mentioned, God filled Laverne with the Holy Ghost over here in the main service, the, the big church as we used to call it. Just during the middle of worship, it was absolutely awesome. And then the kids were supposed to come over here and practice what you just saw after church on Wednesday night. But they didn't show up. I'm like, where's wildlife kids? They're supposed to be practicing. You know, we don't want them to stink when they get up here. We want them to do good. Where are they? Somebody said, Pastor, wildlife kids is blowing up over there. It's on fire. I said, what? They said, you need to go check it out. The Holy Ghost is moving over there. I rushed over there, and I saw a new normal in your kids and in your babies. Chance and Bridget, I saw Kaylee interceding and prophesying. It was phenomenal. I, I saw Ethan and Shane and Scarlett and Olivia and Aaliyah and a bunch of others. Here's the deal. As pastor, I know your stories. I know more of your story than you probably wish I knew. And certainly more than some others in the room know. I know your stories, all of you. I know a lot of you. I know your stories. I know where you've come from. I know your old normal. But you and your kids are living in a new normal. Life and life more abundantly. That's a new normal. Life filled with purpose and meaning. Not in the pathetic, but in the prophetic. It's the new normal. Let me tell you a story. It's story time with D.H., Easter of 2007, we started this church in 2006, and Easter of 2007, we decided to do something wild and crazy at LifePoint. So as a fledgling young church plant, less than a year old, we rented a pavilion out here on Airline Highway at the fairgrounds in Baton Rouge to have an Easter service. Our little congregation was all fired up. And our first member, Gabe, Gabriel, he looks like Johnny Bravo. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But Gabe, Gabe was our first member. He's in Houston now. He's living for God. He's amazing. My parents just had dinner with him. And we'll see him at men's conference at the end of April. I hope you guys are going to that. It'll be wonderful, and you'll meet Gabe if you've never met him. But, but Gabe and, and his posse printed up a 1,000 flyers at their own expense and began to hand those flyers out. Gabe and his crew were at the racetrack on Seagan Lane up here in right off 10, right up here in Baton Rouge, and they were passing out those flyers. This was the Monday before that Easter, and, and there was a 30-something-year-old guy in that gas station who was, he was buying a candy bar or something. He was trying to get change for like a $20 bill. And right before Gabe got to the guy passing out flyers, Gabe ran out of flyers. And this particular guy was kind of put off by the fact that these guys were hustling in the racetrack. But then something snapped, and he wanted one of those flyers. But Gabe ran out of those flyers right before he got to this guy. And so little did Gabe know, but this guy was at a very low point in his life, the bottom of the barrel and he had been asking God to show him a sign. And here's this bodybuilder guy who, who looks like Johnny Bravo handing him, trying to hand him a sign. Now, hold on to that thought. Let's fast forward to Easter weekend. That Easter weekend. 
Everything was going swimmingly until the Saturday night before the Sunday morning. A cold front blew in. The temperature dropped by 30 degrees. It turned into a 30-degree morning. It was freezing cold Easter Sunday morning. I saw what was happening with the weather. I tried to rent some heaters, you know, some of those big heaters that blow out, and, and I couldn't find any in town. I certainly couldn't afford any to buy them. We struggled through that service, man. I was playing guitar. I could bear it. My fingers were all froze up, you know. I'm like, ah, trying to play the guitar. We, people were huddled under blankets and snuggies, literally, sitting out there shaking and quivering. And, and from those flyers passed out a week earlier, Gabe was running out and ran to his car and got another one and came back and gave it to that guy at the racetrack. And so out of all those flyers passed out, two guys showed up, the young man from the racetrack and his father. Now that service was unremarkable. I can't even remember what I preached. I can't remember what we sang. We probably sang God of Wonders, and here I am to worship though at least knowing that era, that's probably what we sang. But I don't know what all we sang. Very unremarkable service, freezing, just trying to get through it, questioning myself, what in the world have we done? It's so cold out here. Now, after the service, Gabe had catered Charlie Brown's, this old restaurant that used to be up here on Airline Highway. He had catered Charlie Brown's to come in and, and feed everybody. And, and no joke, Gabe has some money. We had filet mignon. For everybody in the house. Now, that wasn't a lot of people, but, you know, it was still a lot of money. We had filet mignon, Charlie Brown's catered it. And, and not only that, but we had an Easter bunny. We had an Easter bunny there. It was in a blue Easter bunny suit. It was kind of a rare thing, a blue Easter bunny suit. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed he had these kids. Their eyes were this big around, as big as his were. Because he was standing there, the kids are looking at him terrified, and, and he had that big goofy smile on his face, you know those Easter bunnies are, and he's just slowly turning his head backwards. And the kids are like, ah, ah. and I ran over, Tommy was the guy doing it. I said, Tommy, quit it, quit freaking the kids out, we want them to come back. Literally, I do have a video somewhere I, I tried to find, I couldn't get my hands on, of a, I see the bunny running, and I see a kid screaming and running from the bunny in the background. True story at LifePoint. There were a lot of things that went wrong. It was cold. The Easter bunny's freaking everybody out. And, and, and that's not it either. That's not all. We played wiffle ball. That used to be our game of choice at LifePoint. We had wiffle ball set up, and DH got so competitive. I don't know what I was thinking but I mean, like, I took it seriously. So I hit the ball, and I'm running with everything I got to first. Ran over a new guy who was playing first base and almost broke his leg. He got up. He was like, oh, oh, God. Oh, he said, I'm like, oh, dude, like, I am so sorry. He's like, I got a sports injury, man. And I was like, oh, man, I am so sorry. I'm, I am my bad, you know, like. And I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? Why am I taking this so seriously? It's just wiffle ball. You're the pastor, Donovan. This doesn't matter. But man, me getting on first base that day, Nick, it was everything. Ran over the guy. Blew my mind. A lot went wrong. But somehow, 
that 30-something-year-old guy kept coming back service after service. Fast forward seven years when we bought this building right here at Airline and Daigle. That guy and his fiancée became the first couple to ever be married in this building as LifePoint. And now he and his wife are leading the Wildlife Kids Revival on Wednesday nights over here. Russell, Cassandra, stand up right now. And this past Wednesday night, five of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. A few weeks back, Savannah Oliver was filled. And then Melissa Oliver was filled. I'm telling you something. It's a new normal. Come on, give God some praise right now. It's a new normal. You may be seated. What had been normal for Russell, that old normal, is just a distant memory. Am I right, Russell? It's just a distant, foggy memory. It's been replaced with a new normal. He's got a new life filled with purpose and filled with meaning. Not just life, but life more abundantly. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. It doesn't matter how far you've gone, how far you've strayed. I serve a God who's come to give you a new normal. And it's not just them. There's others all across this house. I'm reminded of an ex-Marine who walked into LifePoint. He was a a racing fan, and he just loved to chill out on weekends and watch racing, had some beer in the fridge. Can anybody understand what I'm talking about? That was the old normal back then. But God got a hold of his life. And he's one of the most faithful workers at this church to this day. I got a baptism pic of he and his whole family. That's a store family baptism right there. I'm telling you, God knows how to give you a new normal. Give him some praise. Can you do it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. No matter where you are this morning, the price has been paid. You don't have to pay the price. That's part of the problem with our thinking. We're thinking God can't give me a new life because I can't pay the price that needs to be paid. The work has already been finished. The price has already been paid. Jesus is alive forevermore, and he's come to give you life and life more abundantly and all things new, a new normal. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. 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 Can anybody relate? Did you get a new normal when you came to Jesus? Man, the things that I used to struggle with, I don't struggle with those things anymore. I'm not perfect. I never will be. But I'm not like I used to be. I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be because I have a new Normal, because Jesus came and made everything new, all things new. God has a new normal for you today. We're coming to the end of this Easter service for 2018. But he has a new normal he wants to give to you, a new beginning. There's a grace bomb that's exploded in my spirit, and I just feel like it's in this house today. God wants you to know. You've just come out of courtesy, perhaps. You've just come, you know, out of respect for the family. But you've got to know, God has a new normal for you. You don't know everybody's story here. It's like Morton preached last time. You don't know all those stories of those people sitting around the table of the king. They've all had issues, but they've all 
accepted the grace and mercy of a good king, our King Jesus. Amen. He has a new normal for you. Your kids don't have to suffer with the same junk, the pathetic. There's a prophetic flow for them. It's incredible what God wants to do, what God is willing to do in your life. It's not just that He has the power. He has the goodness. It's not just that He has the goodness. He has the power. If He wanted to and He didn't have the power, He couldn't. If he had the power and didn't want to, he wouldn't. But he has the power and the goodness to give you a new normal. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to deserve it. You just receive it. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Now, here's what I want to do at the end. I'm going to say a prayer, and I want to open this altar up right now. And I'm telling you, if God is speaking to your heart and you want a fresh start, we got a team that's going to help you and pray with you. And God's going to give you that fresh start. I don't know exactly what yours is going to look like because I don't know your old normal per se. But I know it will be different than ever before.